the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. His rationale is postmodernism, and that's what you're looking at today as people are chopping themselves up and changing their images and denying their ontological existence and, and falling prey for the oppressive, distortive delusion that comes to the hearts of men and women who have abandoned God. You know your Bible. It's clear. When we do not retain God in our knowledge, he will give us up. Theology, it matters to God, and as a result, he drove out Adam and Eve when they sinned, and that's a matter of theology. Welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com. Today we're back in Genesis chapter 3 as we take a look at some of the ways that Satan will secure our demise, if you will, his approach and his attempts at ruining us. And we're, again, looking at some of the specifics. So we invite you to join us as we explore the handbook, if you will, of Satan. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand as we begin by taking a look at deconstructionism and one of those great tools that Satan loves to use. Here's Jesse with today's program. Where we are in our society today is the effect of much deconstructionism over the last 67 years. So, Pastor, explain to me deconstructionism. You know I can only handle three syllables, okay? To deconstruct. To deconstruct. It is the act of taking all authoritative narratives, historical narratives, all literature, all data, all information, all particularly historical information that comes through the archives of history to lay out for us how things were and why things were and how things should be. It is the presupposition that you have the right to take all artifact material and tear it apart and make it to mean what you want it to mean under the assertion that the persons that wrote it didn't have any right to write it. Did y'all hear what I just said? Does that sound like the inference coming out of verse one? If you know your Bible, something is saying you can't trust God. You can't trust the author. Are y'all hearing me? You can't trust the author. Hath God really said? Now you can't trust him. You know he don't mean you no good. You know his job is to dominate you. His job is to control you. His job is to exercise hierarchical domination over you so that you don't have any freedom whatsoever. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? His job is to abuse you, to oppress you. 
And therefore, you should disrespect every piece of literature, tradition, historical data, the precedent of how life has been up to now, by which society has walked in order of the creative narrative and have been blessed and deconstructed. That's called deconstructionism. This is where in America, having been infiltrated by all of the crooks, and many of us know who they are at the highest level of gatekeeping, do we not? They are still working today, destroying every good science, every good literature, every good discipline that has helped us prosper, be wealthy and free as human beings, because their goal is a systemic attack upon proper authority. It's important for you to know, okay, so under point number one, you should be alert. The teacher is a snake. The apostle Paul had no problem taking my particular position and sharing it with the church at Corinth, who basically was a model of chaos, confusion, and rejection of divine authority. That's the church at Corinth. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse two through four, Paul says, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you unto what kind of husband? Uno, uno, one husband, in order that I might present you as a chaste version to Christ. Now, he must be a bridegroom because that's what bridegrooms do. Bridegrooms protect the bride and the groom until they come together in holy matrimony. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Faithful gospel preaching is designed to protect you until you show up in the face of Jesus Christ and are fully married to him in the last day. Am I making some sense? Faithful gospel preaching, sound Bible-based preaching is designed to help you not go a-whoring and worshiping other gods. It's the goal of helping you stay in the pathway of a virgin so that when you finally meet your bridegroom, you have been safely kept by the grace of God so that when he sees you, he can see you with exceeding great joy. What Paul is saying to the church at Corinth is, you guys bother me. Look at verse three. For I fear lest by any means as the serpent did what? You see how he's taking ancient things now and plopping them down on the present? Isn't that what I told you that I do with you? I take the scriptures and I make them relevant to where we are. This is called prophetic teaching. It is not prophetic if the word doesn't land right where we are to give us a prism, to give us a view, to give us a framework, to give us a gestalt, to help us understand the bigger picture and the nuances going on in our world. Otherwise, it's not theology. If God is omniscient, if God is omnipotent, if God is all wise, if he's everywhere present and he's given us a book that reflects who he is and his book warns us, shouldn't we see God's view in everything going on in the world? And I love what David said in Psalm 19, moreover, O Lord, by them, that is your word, your servants are warned. You and I are being warned right now, are we not? We get to read history and say, hmm, am I in that position? You see, this is this is an opportunity to change. You come to class so you can be enlightened in reality. Today, our dear sister is about to be illuminated in falsehood, which is exactly the culture I live in today. This deconstructionist postmodern culture that not only denies objective reality relevant to the traditional sources by which we can understand the world accurately, 
but it has the audacity to change the rules, define, redefine the terms, and recreate everything over in its own image. Anybody keeping up with me? Look at the text very carefully because it speaks. This is what we call wisdom. He says, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguile Eve through his subtlety. I'm going to be going back there. So your minds should be what? So you understand now the historical narrative as the apostle under inspiration of the Holy Ghost is teaching. He's not saying that you and I ought to get caught up in the historical narrative as a fable. He's not saying you and I should be wrestling with whether or not that was a real snake. He's saying you need to derive the principles from it because this is not about the movement there. It's about the mind now. Because the mind becomes the helm upon which some authority controls you and leads you in the right way or the wrong way. Now, we have a long-standing assignment in Scripture as to how the devil works. Very few times are you going to read about the devil where his zoomorphic identity is not a snake. Very few times are you going to read in the Bible where his zoomorphic, somebody tell me what zoomorphism means, animal forms, animal shapes. And that's why Revelation calls him that, that devil, that serpent, that, that lying dragon, that snake. That is your oriental image of this monster, this, this beast that shows up in Genesis 3 again in Revelation 12. And Jesus called him the serpent all through the scriptures as well. So we know the serpent is more than a mere literal creature in terms of its attributes, its characteristics, because now that literal serpent has been occupied by a spiritual enemy and used in the opening narrative to teach us something about how he craftily caused our first parents to fall and how he's been doing that from then to now because he is the father of lies. And so our narrative is demanding that you and I open our ears and listen carefully because I would surmise that everyone in this room and those of you watching have at some time in your life been lied to and you bought it. I'm going to give you a few minutes to capture that. I will surmise and bet that there have been some of us, probably everybody in the room who has been lied to, but because you were not alert, you did not realize you were listening to a snake and they deceived you. And this is where we are today in our present generation. And I'm so glad the Holy Spirit said, learn how to rise, move, and go. Lest you get trapped. Find yourself being taught by a snake. See, the devil has always been both a theologian and a philosopher. And if you let him get deep inside your head, he'll become a psychiatrist. By the time he's done with you, you part man, part animal yourself. I'm not done. I'm telling you the truth. You're going to see this in verse eight. Y'all got time? Listen to it. Under point number one, you need to be alert because your teacher's a snake. And the goal of a snake is to actually talk you into not seeing the truth. I love it the way our master put it. John chapter 14, verse uh, 30, John 14, 30. This is the verse that precedes our verse. Here's what he said in verse 30. Listen to it now. May God help you understand how to raise your value system around God's word because the word of God is wisdom, whether you know it or not. Hereafter, this is Jesus talking. Hereafter, I will not talk with you what? 
He's given us a paradigm. Now watch this. For the prince of this world comes. Now who is the prince of this world? Satan. He's the serpent. Jesus says, I'm not going to be talking with you much, but here comes a fella. He's going to be talking all the time. Hence, Genesis chapter three, verse one. I'm going to help you. Please listen. I'm going to take you back to chapter one and chapter two and tell you the only person that was talking before the fall event was God. There were no dialogues. Adam, who was his son, was simply listening to daddy talk. Jesus, who is the ultimate Adam, has already taught us he never did anything on his own. Everything his father told him, he did. Jesus didn't dialogue as to argue with God as to whether or not God's will and command and purposes should be done. Anybody keeping up with me? And you know we're headed to Jesus. We're headed to the last Adam because he's the one that fixed this thing when the first Adam and his wife messed it up. But it's important for you to know by principle that you can really be in danger thinking that listening to anybody else talk in a prolonged way besides God, that somehow you're safe with that person. You can be in a real bad way when you're listening to someone else besides God and in a prolonged way think that you can have a dialogue with them. Because you see what I just said, dialogue, which means two conversations, dia, two, log, logos, two talks, did not take place in Genesis 1 and 2. It only took place in Genesis 3. And you and I live in a culture of dialogue. Lord, help my people get it. I said I wasn't going to be preaching as long as I did last week, but sometimes I don't trust you. I just think you need enough for you to get it. But where we are in our world today, everything is dialogue. Everything is Twitter. Everything is Facebook. Everything is TikTok. Everything is you talk, he talks, she talk, they talk. And you're hearing what I'm saying. And a lot of it is the devil talking. See, the snake talks way more, way more than God does. And I'm afraid that we talk way more than God does, too. And I'm afraid that we think we can actually handle the battle with the snake when in, 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 in reality, you probably don't handle the battle with the snake very good. See, the snake loves for you to talk and he loves for you to think that you got wisdom while he's coiling around you to squeeze all the life out of you. His job is to position you where you can't arise, move and go. This is why we stuck on social media. So under points number one and two, sub points number one and two, I am here to tell you that deconstructionism is always questioning whether or not God's word is true. Deconstructionism is always making an attempt to become like God and rearrange the narrative and reshape it over in the image we want. This is what you're dealing with in all of your education today. Now it has seeped into every form of institutional structural uh, influence, as you and I know. So uh, the subject being deconstructionism, the rationale, this is a system of logic that you and I know came in the Enlightenment era with all of the agnostic and atheistic philosophers who thought they could do, thought they could do philosophy without God. The reality is you can't do philosophy 
without already having a set of presuppositions driving your philosophical uh, assumptions or bent or arguments. It's only going to be two authorities that we're operating out of. We're going to either be operating out of a divine authority, true divine authority, or we're going to be operating out of the usurper's authority. The devil will be behind your set of presuppositions, particularly if you are telling the world one of two things. You are telling the world there is no one true and living God who is the source of objective reality, coherent reality, constant moral ethical norms, and objective truth. Once you reject that, you are in the vacuum where you necessarily come into the full swell swoop of the devil. He has you now, because as long as you're denying a one true and living God and the reality of true, you are now part of the father of lies. And the only thing that you can refabricate are the same old lies he's fabricating now in the Genesis narrative. Let's listen to the conversation, because again, I told you his rationale is postmodernism. And that's what you're looking at today as people are chopping themselves up and changing their images and denying their ontological existence and, and falling prey for the oppressive, distortive delusion that comes to the hearts of men and women who have abandoned God. You know your Bible. It's clear when we do not retain God in our knowledge, he will give us up to a reprobate mind. I'm just sharing with you that this ain't new. And it's time for us to take the word of God a whole lot more seriously. I've been living in a generation of fake Christians who pretend to take God's word seriously. And I listen and I go, they really don't believe God. They really don't believe that God's word is right, inerrant, true, necessary, relevant at all times. They really don't believe it. And so you got a whole bunch of church folk that are listening largely at the devil's doctrine than they are at God. Out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speak. This is how we know. So under point number one, sub point D, because we've dealt with uh, subject, uh, the subject of deconstructionism and the rationale of postmodernism, the outcome is a false vision. Now listen to how the devil puts it, and I want you to see it over in verse 6. We'll get back to Eve's response in a moment. Look again at verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Do you see that? His response to her dialogical acquiescence because he wanted her to talk. He knew something about what she said. I'm going to pull that up later because I want you to see it. He knew something about what she said. What she said was wrong and he caught it. And on top of what she said that was wrong, he said something that was wrong. Now he was able to say something that was wrong because he knew that she had said something that was wrong because they are both operating now out of the spirit of error. So what does he say? Bold face, straight up lie, in total contradiction to the authority of God, you shall not surely die. Now, please listen to me. God said it in Genesis 2, 17, you shall surely die. Isn't that what he said? So here's the devil in a bold faced hostility to the authority of God. Now, he wasn't that way before. He's only that way once he finds out the weakness of the woman's argument. Once he finds out her weakness, now he says, oh, I got her. Listen, God did not surely say that. So now she is compelled to engage him further because she engaged him the first time on the premise of the spirit of error. 
She made a mistake and he caught her. See, so what what what's she going to do now that the devil has shown himself for what he really is? You know, he comes in as an angel of light, all cute, tall, dark and handsome, beautiful and everything. Take you to dinner. <laughs> wine and roses. And while y'all sitting there at the table and he'd said all of the right things for about 45 minutes, he opens his mouth and the tongue comes out. <laughs> and you go. <laughs> but see, you already caught. Because you're already drunk on that wine. And the wine is dialogue. The wine is conversation. He's a smooth talker. Remember I told you about, be careful on that word that I wanted you to, wanted you to capture. It has everything to do with subtlety. I told you about that word subtlety. We're getting ready to go back there. So God already knew. He knows that covenant people should understand these principles. Okay. He's a smooth talker. He's called the most subtle creature that God made apart from Adam and Eve. You got that? You know what that means? Most of us could never handle the devil on a one-on-one conversation to save our lives, even today. This is why Paul, going further in 2 Corinthians 11, said he comes in as an angel of light and his ministers come in as ministers of righteousness. And their job is to bring you into bondage, to defraud you and to take of you. This describes most of our churches today. To bring you into bondage of men, to defraud you and to take of you. That is an oppressive system, isn't it? But it's oppressive because the devil is behind it. He's the one that brings men and women into bondage and into captivity. And so it's important for you and I to know that that's what's going on here. Notice what happens after the devil says that. And he goes on to, he goes on to now elaborate on his bold-faced assertion that God didn't say it. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, here's what he's saying. He's saying he knows something about God that you don't know. Oh, my goodness. Now, see, this is where a lot of people, this is where Proverbs 23 would warn you. If you're given to appetites, if you're the kind of person that is undiscerningly open to anything and everything that people say, you're going to get in trouble. You know how you meet people that just, they span the world of all of the subjects that go on in the world. I just want to learn a little bit about everything. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want to learn a lot about one or two things. You don't want, no one can ever get a, a, an accurate and legitimate degree in any science that does not go deep into that science. And you cannot afford to uh, ban- banter about, run the roads and get all wrapped up in this and that and be competent in that science that you're being called to. Am I making some sense? And the child of God doesn't get to meander in all kind of wild, bizarre, extreme philosophies and think that you are going to be a theologian. You won't. You'll be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And we'll know it by how many times you're duped by the devil. Am I making some sense? It's extremely important that you that you know that God is a narrow way God. And his people need to be a narrow way people. God is a narrow way God. He's not a broad way God. Jesus warns you about the broad way. He's a narrow way God. And, and, and people of God ought not to be ashamed of only knowing a few things. The world is saved by people who only know a few things. You are the best when you know what you know. And then you can help society. 
I don't need to know you if you only read one, one, through one third of the Chilton uh, automotive ma- uh, manual. You ain't going to help me when it's time for me to ask you, do you understand anything about map sensors and, 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 and barometric sensors? I ain't never heard of that. Get away from my car. I know how to change tires. I ain't asking you to change tires. I got a code in my system that's saying I need an engineer to deal with my car at that level. Don't be taking my wheels off. Let me get on back to the point at hand. Christians will not be helpful when you're jack of all trades and a master of none. Because I can tell you the world that the devil runs is making PhDs out of his liars at the ground level up. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.